Hey everyone, you're listening to the Queens of Hustle podcast. In this podcast, me and my guests will be exploring fitness, culture, business, media, and everything in between. My name is Kiana and I am your host. I'm a professional pole dancer, fitness trainer, and social media manager with a background in journalism and a degree in communications. I am extremely passionate about personal development and talking to other queens about their dreams, hustle, mindset, motivation, and success, as well as valuable lessons they have learned throughout their experiences. Here is a space where we can have healthy and expansive conversations that can help you in the next step of your journey. Let's get started. Hey Queens, hope you're all doing very well. I am so excited to be sharing my next interview with you. It is with the one and only Daniel Rosen. This is the first episode of my pool series where we will be chatting exclusively about pool and pool related things. Dan Rosen is the very proud owner of IFA Pool and Ariel in Hemel Hempstead, located in the UK. He is also the founder of his online pole school, The Pole Destroyers. Dan has been turning himself upside down and spinning around the pole since 2008 and hasn't looked back since. As the current holder of 1 international and 15 UK championship titles, Dan is a fountain of pole related knowledge. There's nothing he doesn't know about spins, tricks and getting flexible. Dan created his Instagram character Susan on his very popular Instagram account Polols, which has helped open a forum for students and teachers to enjoy all the funny and hilarious things we experience within the poll community, while adding a fun and lighthearted aspect to it. In this next episode, we chat about the poll industry, competitions, being a multifaceted entrepreneur, as well as inclusivity in the poll world. This chat is an absolute goodie. I had so much fun talking to Dan and I'm really excited for you all to hear this. So without further ado, let's get into the show. So welcome Dan to the Queens of Hustle podcast. How are you doing? I feel so honored to be a queen of hustle, like <laughs> the original queen of hustle, the real queen. Come on, queens. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I'm so <laughs> excited to have you as a guest on my show. But before we get started, I'd love to begin with a quick fire to break the ice and get to know a little more about you. So, do you know how this works? A quick fire. So, do I just have to give like a one word answer or? Exactly. So I'll be asking you um, 10 or so questions. Uh, most of them are poll related and you just uh-huh. need to just shoot out right away. This is like a reflex. What speaks to you? Um, what speaks to you more? It might be hard. Okay. okay. But just, just do it. All right. Are you ready? Okay, I'll try and be as quick as I can. Right. Okay. Go. <laughs> Three, two, one. Static or spin? Spin. Tricks or flow? Tricks. Nutella or peanut butter? Nutella, always. Yoga or boot camp? Yoga or? Boot camp. Boot camp? I thought you said, (laughs) so I thought that was your American accent saying yogurt. I thought you were saying (laughs) yogurt. I was like, yogurt or boot camp? What? Okay, boot camp. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right, we're going to continue. Pictures or videos? Videos. Early rise or sleep in? Sleep in. Bendy tricks or strength tricks? Strength tricks. <laughs> Handstands or headstands? Handstands. Stilettos or boots? Boots. Daniel or Susan? Susan. <laughs> Performance or competition? Performance. Amazing. Well done. You did great, except for the yogurt I, part. I, I yeah, I got I got called out. I got called out by yogurt. I was like <laughs> yogurt. I was like oh yoga. Okay, cool. I love that, and I love that. I love that you also chose sleeping in because I have my weeks where I sleep in as well. So nothing wrong with that. You can be an entrepreneur and sleep in. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> another one that caught me out was strength or flex. No, was it what was it flexibility or strength? It was bendy tricks or strength tricks. Yeah. Yeah, like bendy tricks or strength tricks. 
I'd say neither. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just tricks where you don't need flexibility or lots of strength. <laughs> they're my, they're my jam. My, the cute shapes. They're my jam. <laughs> I think if if we're judging from your Instagram, that's a that's a lie. But anyways, I'll. Uh... <laughs> well, I just like I feel. Do you not feel like um, pole has developed now to a stage where it's actually lots of people now are really into shapes like shapes that actually even an intermediate person could probably do you know with a bit of practice you know Mm -hmm. Uh, I really love that I think um strength trick when I talk about strength tricks I guess I think of things like deadlifts iron x's you know fully human flags like when you hear strength I guess that's what I think of but yeah Yeah. I mean everything takes some strength right we need strength for everything when you do pole but yeah I am I've really started to find some love, I think, in just nice, pretty shapes at the moment. Mm. I don't know about you, but yeah. I I, I totally agree. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to work on as well is learning new, different shapes that aren't like, you know, the ones that everyone knows. You get what I mean? Like, yes, ballerina is great, but like everyone knows ballerina. Everyone knows that like even things like the jade, but I want to start learning random stuff that almost don't even have names. So I do agree with that. And that's what I really like. Like, and actually, I think that's probably why I've got the following I have is because they're all the moves that I like. And I think that's what people are always looking for is these like kind of like the trending tricks, I guess that's yes. what you want to call them, the new shapes, new, you know, variations and stuff. I love that. And actually, I think that's probably the main thing that's kept me, you know, interested in pole for so many years. I still, when I train, I love it. I enjoy it. And um, I don't think many people can really say that when they've done pole for 13 years. Do you know what I mean? Like at that point, you probably are at a point where you kind of just teach it and that's kind of it. But I still love training. Um, So, yeah, and I think that's because of these variations and stuff. They keep it fresh. Mm. So I kind of like that. What's your number one Instagram page that gives you that source of inspiration? Like where do you or maybe number two or three, because maybe one is just not enough. But who do you follow? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I follow different people for different reasons. Like mm. we can talk about like, you know, Gabareo. I always, mm-hmm. she's like one of the first people that comes to my mind. I don't follow her because I want to copy what she does, but I follow her because I am always just blown away by what she can do with her body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I follow her for that reason. And then I follow people like Anastasia because Anastasia now is doing all these cute shapes. Um, you know, like, like one of the girls who just taught for me, uh, Beth Hamilton, who I know, mm, you, know. you know, Beth is always doing nice, interesting shapes. And Beth was like, Beth is very much like me. Beth is always like, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, crazy advanced doing crazy hard moves, but I can do a cute shape and she really can like, um, and she is awesome. Like, and people like, you know, Beth, um, that who I'm trying to think you know when you like put on the spot and you can't think of people's names off the top of your mm-hmm. head but yeah just mm-hmm. the people who aren't doing necessarily the crazy stuff you know I follow people like Dimitri Politov as well but I don't follow him for the stuff that he's doing so I can try it I follow him because he's a nice guy and he does some amazing things yeah um, it's funny though because that can work two ways for me it can either be that they inspire me and I get a humbleness from them or it can actually be to a point where I don't find them humble at all to the point where I actually end up unfollowing them because I'm just mm. like, oh, this is stuff I'm never going to want to train. It's um, it's clear that they they understand that they are amazing and um, it puts me off. I know that sounds really bad, but hey, yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine, though, because at the end of yeah. the day, remember that your feed is something that you curate on your own and you're allowed to curate what you want to feed your mind with. Right. So if something triggers you, then it doesn't like, if it triggers you in any way, then after, why are you going to like keep up with that? You know, I wouldn't say it's necessary that it can be triggered. I wouldn't say it triggers me or it can be upsetting or anything as extreme as that. But what I would say is that it does make you kind of, um, and I always say this to my students, actually, like some of them have mentioned to me, like, oh, you know, I follow so-and-so and they're so good. And, you know, it makes me feel really like bad about myself. Like, I wish I could do stuff like that. I'm like, you need to unfollow them then, because if it's not giving you, like, don't follow something that's not going to give you life. Do you know what I mean? If they're not going to, you know, give you that that energy that you need to want to train and be like, this is why I'll post a mix. Like, so I just did some training yesterday. I was doing some deadlifts. I was doing some fungies. 
but I wouldn't just post deadlifts and fondues because I know how demotivating it can be for some people. So I'll then throw a nice little shape in there that everybody could try. Do you know what I mean? Because I want my page to be a source of inspiration as well as, you know, being that page that people look to and be like, oh, I can't do that, but I really mm. want to. I want to actually see it and be like, wow, that's actually something that I feel like maybe I could do. Like I could yes. maybe do that, you know? So yeah, and I think um, that's kind of important to me with my page. And I find that things like that, are also important to me with the pages I follow as well. I want inspiration and I also want to be inspired. Yeah, I want to mix. That's yeah, why I guess follow Gabareo. Mm. Gabareo does that for me. Like sometimes she'll post stuff and I'll be like, do you know what? With a bit of practice, I might be able to do that. And sometimes <laughs> I do. I tell you, when when you do, you're like, whoa, I'm amazing. <laughs> you're like, I just did something Gabareo just posted. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I do see that you tag her a lot. I also follow her. And I'll actually um, add all of these, th- these names that we've spoken about. I'll just link them in the show notes just in case anyone wants to um, visit their profiles after listening to this episode. So I wanted to first ask you, uh, this is uh, a question that I ask everyone at the beginning of the episode, what sets your soul on fire? What sets my soul on fire? What an interesting question, but I don't even know what to say to that. Like, do you know what? If I'm being really honest with you, I wouldn't say that pole sets my soul on fire anymore. And is that a really bad answer? Because I know this is a pole podcast. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's not a pole podcast, by the way. This is not is a pole. Po- no, no, no. This is oh, part of I my pole. This is only uh, part of the pole series. So that you're the first episode of the pole series, but I'll be interviewing different people from different areas of life. Oh, so all queens. Okay. Yeah, so all I queens, see. whether okay, you're cool. a singer, a rapper, um, just because my background is in journalism. So I'm not only interested in Paul. <laughs> oh, I see. Perfect. Um, so, oh, I didn't know that. Sorry. I feel like I've totally ruined that part. Oh, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so I guess, do you know what I love? Like I live for a, just a musical. Is that really gay? <laughs> so like I love... I love the theatre. I literally am listening to a Waitress at the moment. I've not even seen it yet. I just love listening to musical theatre and stuff. And stuff like that, for me, is what I look forward to doing. So, like, if I'm going to have a non-pole-related event or do something, I love a musical. Love it. Oh, my God. Um, That is so interesting. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I wouldn't... Don't be wrong. I wouldn't say I'm a theatre queen. I wouldn't say I've seen all of them. Like, you know, there are obviously people who are probably much more into it than I am. But, you know, I love music and I love listening to, you know, things like that, Um, musicals especially. I'm always so impressed by, you know, their voices and just how amazing some of the performers are. Um, Yeah, and I guess I really just thought about that because I was was listening to it in the car and that's kind of what I'm listening to and just loving at the moment. Um, But, yeah, and I just want to say, so, like, with the poll thing, it doesn't mean... I think I've just done poll for so long now that I think... If anyone who is a teacher is truly honest with themselves, <laughs> pole, pole doesn't set your 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 pussy on fire, your soul on fire, any anything on fire when you've oh done it so many years and it becomes your job, you know. So I just feel like, um, yeah, that's the reason why I said that. I guess it's just I love it, but it's my job, so it's it doesn't set my soul on fire. Whereas I love that musical theatre and stuff like that is my hobby. That's the thing. Like I love skiing as well. I'd say that skiing is one of those things I love to do. Although I haven't been able to do it for what probably two years now because of COVID. Mm. Um. So yeah, I I love things like that like stuff that is just so unwork related and just different you know I feel you I feel you uh that's so interesting I had no idea that you loved that that you loved theater did you like take any theater classes in school no like I I mean yeah like drama I, mean, I, never, like, I obviously we did drama at school um but I wouldn't say that pursuing a career in it was ever a thing for me um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think um, I just love going and watching, to be honest. I literally go and watch. I just love it. It's a real amazing night out for me. That's kind of like, if anyone was like, oh, do you want to go clubbing? I'd be a bit like, hmm. And then if they were like, okay, let's go to the theatre instead, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's go. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm at that age. Um, I think I've hit that age. <laughs> Where you're just like, oh, wow, I'd rather go to the theatre then <laughs> than do that. Wow. 
You're absolutely fine. I also enjoy musical theater. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like obsessed, but I do enjoy it as well. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's just, it's just different, isn't it? It's so different to what we do in our lives. So I feel like pole as well, in terms of my job, it does take over your life a little bit. Um, mm. So it's so important for me to have stuff outside of pole that's so completely separate. Um, yeah, so I guess that's why I try to go for stuff that's so completely different. Yeah, um, yeah, I get so that, awesome. I get that. And um, I want to just take it back a little bit, just because I, what I love about you is that you are open about the fact that you don't have any gymnastics, ballet, or any kind of dance training whatsoever. So uh-huh. what made you want to try pole in the first place? I think, um, being honest, when I grew up, um, I lived with my mom, my mom, uh, single mom, she didn't have much money. She probably would have sent us to gymnastics had she had the funds to do so. Um, But she didn't really like just being honest. She didn't. And that was totally fine. But at school, I loved the gymnastics classes. But I mean, Mm. at school, we maybe did it once in a blue moon. And when I was a kid, kid, I used to love trampolining because when I... So my mum was working and we used to go to um, sort of like a a day thing during the summer holidays for kids where they'd literally go there for the day and um, we'd do all these sorts of activities and stuff. We'd play tennis, we'd be like doing trampolining. And when we did trampolining, I was like, oh, I love this. So then I always had a bit of a natural, I hate to say gymnastic ability because I would not describe myself as a gymnast at all. I love being upside down, love being on my hands, love flipping around and stuff. I just love seeing what I can actually make my body do and see if it will do it. Um, and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think if I had, you know, started at an early age, I, I reckon I probably would have been really good at gymnastics. because I feel like my body would have taken to it well. But yeah, you know, I didn't. So it doesn't matter. So I just feel like naturally my body understands what it's supposed to do i'm one of these people that will watch a, in a youtube video or an instagram video youtube who watches youtube anymore instagram <laughs> video um and i'll watch like an instagram video and i'll look at it and look at the tricks and i'll be like right okay so i've got to do this 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 and i can literally just go up a pole and do it because i mm. know my body so well now that i know exactly which bits i'm gonna have to avoid how i'm gonna have to protect this and this here and what muscles I'm not engaged because I can just look at something and break it down and I feel like that would have made me good at gymnastics as well because I would have understood what my body needed to do but but yeah I didn't sad I wish I had yeah so what made you want to try pole in the first place like what was that that moment where you first went to a pole class what was that like I actually, I had an experience of pole at a gay club. So I was at a gay bar and they had poles there. And um, I remember just seeing this girl and her gay mate playing on the poles, like doing, you know, like a caterpillar, you know, like crucifix Mm. and caterpillars and stuff, doing inverts, like straddles and butterflies. And I, at the time, uh, excuse me, can you hear that? That's my dog arguing. It's okay, don't worry. They're adorable, by the way. I wish everyone could see them. (laughs) <laughs> I know, they're literally just getting hair all over my house at the moment because they've just been groomed. Um, so yeah, where was I? Uh, so there, I was at this bar, there was these poles. And I just saw these people doing some of the poles. I went up to them, I was just like, please, like, can you show me something? I was like, just teach me something. And they taught me how to do a chopper, like how to do an invert, like up into mm. a straddle. And I got it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. So I literally <laughs> was like doing it all night. And then... Um, the next day I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I can barely like my, my arms were killing me. Like my shoulders were dying. I was like, well, this is like amazing. I need to go and learn how to do this. I wanted to learn what they, they knew. So I looked it up and I started going to pole classes and I started actually learning from, you know, Stacy from X-Pole. Of she's course like my pole. Yeah. She's my pole mom. She was oh. like my first ever pole teacher. Yeah. Um, that's so was, insane. 13 years ago like back when she used to do quite a lot of polls she taught all the pole classes that I went to and um yeah so I learned with Stacy, and then kind of just developed from there really but yeah I love that I love that and I'm assuming it just developed into this severe obsession as it always does within the first few years yeah like I competed and then the competing made it an obsession I think once you've what I think I just had like a a drive to want to do something and perform it and then I was like I'll compete and I did a competition and I did really well and I was like oh like I'm actually quite good at this shit I'm gonna gonna try doing some more 
and yeah so and then here I am you know so uh it's been a long long journey it's been amazing but yeah it's, it's been really good that is awesome and you've won 15 UK championship titles which is by the way unbelievable uh yeah I that's I think people hear that and they're like wow that's amazing but you've got to remember I've been doing it for 13 years so still it was over a long period of time but yeah um, that's still more than one championship per year even if you started competing the first year yeah. that you started pull. So that's actually still extremely, extremely don't downplay it, bro. Don't, don't downplay yeah. it. That I is do dope. I'm always, do you know, I always, I do downplay it a little bit because sometimes I'm a bit like, Oh, like, yeah, it's a lot. And I'm really proud of it. But sometimes I just think that people are always like, Oh, did he though? I'm like, Oh, I did. <laughs> I've got the trophies here. To show for it. But, um, you know, as you can see, it comes. Yeah, here. I know. I, I, I <laughs> see them. Some like in front of me as well. So, you know, Did you like, place them I'm there really... on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's actually they're not even the good ones. The good ones are actually above <gasps> my computer screen. But like, yeah, and I'm really proud of all the achievements. And actually, the competitions are what pushed me. Um, but now I'm like, oh, competition, no. <laughs> I'm yeah. so over competitions now. But yeah, it was it was a great journey. I did it for a long time. I wouldn't probably compete again. I mean, I would never say never, but I, I 100% won't happen this year. Um, and maybe I'd like to do a doubles competition again. I've mm. competed in doubles before. Maybe I'd do doubles again with a friend. Um, but yeah, maybe that would probably be it. If so that's why you chose that's why you chose performance over competition <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I, don't, I don't mind performing I do love a good performance and stuff do you know what it is I think I spent years making routines and getting injuries from having to prep more time mm. I think there came a time when I just didn't want to perform at all because I just constantly was getting injured from it like the older you get the more injuries you get and the the longer they take to heal so every competition kind of like in the last four or five years I've done I've had small niggles I've been very lucky to not have any big injuries but small little niggles that then take ages to go away and I've got to an age I think where I'm just like I don't know if I want to be in that pain anymore like there was times when I couldn't sleep on my right shoulder because it was so oh, bad like it was just sucked. and it's just comps isn't it well you know like you've competed as well and people deal with injuries all the time so I'm no mm -hmm. different to anyone else but yeah I think I just got to a point where I was like I'm actually just enjoying not competing and just having fun with it and trying to get the love back because when you compete a lot you lose the love a little bit I feel you I feel you well for me my personal experience is like leading up to the competition I'm like why do I do this to myself I literally like right. start I question I'm like I am under so much pressure right now I can't sleep at night why do I do this but then obviously the night of it ends up being such a euphoric experience. So you get off stage and you just, you can't even feel your body because you're just flying on cloud nine. And then that's when I always tell myself, wow, that was all worth it. And then you get what I mean? So that that's like that vicious cycle. <laughs> <laughs> so I used, I used to do that. And actually it's just funny because just recently someone was like, oh, why don't you mention another competition? I was like, do you know what? I now, I constantly have to remind myself of how I felt at the studio when I couldn't do my full run through and I was stressing and my costume was moving in places that I didn't want it to move. <laughs> and the amount of stress I had to the point, like sometimes I would be crying because I'd be so frustrated. I just be like, oh, why am I doing this to myself? So now, well, so now when I start thinking about, oh, maybe I should do another one. I'm like, no, remember how you <laughs> felt. It's stressful. Like, so I wouldn't. And you know what? Like real tea here. I would say nowadays you can build a career without competitions. Like you really don't. Look at people like Marlo. She did one competition. Like oh, wow. she, she didn't need competitions. She didn't even need to do that one, to be honest. Like when she made her glass drops routine, so many people shared it and stuff. That probably like went, made her go viral. Mm. And then, um, you know, and she just creates lots of amazing stuff. That's what makes her Marlo. You know, she's yeah. famous because of that. Um, and yeah, I think it's just that, that whole thing of, you know, I'm at that point now where I think, well, my career's doing fine. I don't need competitions anymore. And the thing is, is that competitions are dying now. So I'm just like, ugh, I don't know whether it's even worth the hassle anymore because no one really recognizes the titles anymore because mm. everyone's won them. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> you know, I, I said it, I said it in an interview before, everyone's a champion now. Everyone has got a championship in their bio, you know? And it's fair enough, but it takes away the gravitas that it used to have. Back when I first started, everyone knew who Felix Kane was, three-time world champion, 
Felix Kane, the shit. We used to pay so much money. I remember paying a hundred pounds to have a workshop with her. Yeah. You would never pay a hundred pounds for a workshop now. No way. If you're going to pay a hundred pounds, you'd get a day workshop, like a full day. And um, Mm. there was just this small group of competition winners that were, we, they were booked because of the competitions they won. Whereas now, no one books competition winners because everyone's a competition winner. And I know that sounds really negative and I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just that the, the dynamic of the industry has changed so much that being a champion of something means nothing anymore because 10 other people have won that same championship. Yeah. But also like think about the UFC, there's fights all the time. People win belts here and there, but like, you still have like, you still know the best UFC fighters. Like you get what I mean? So like, I feel like so this is, this is something that we could talk about for all sports though. Like there's always going to be competitions like every, like multiple competitions every single year. But I feel like the, the true legends will always rise. Yeah, I think the difference with like competing in like UFC, competing in, you know, golf, even tennis, these people compete over and over again. The reason they compete over and over again is because they get paid so much money. Mm. We're not at that, we're not at that level yet. You know, so mm. Rafael Nadal and, you know, Andy Murray and stuff, they're always competing and they're always at the top because that's how they earn their living. Mm. I don't earn my living by doing competitions. If I did, I'd be making sure I won them all the time because that would be what I relied on on my income. But actually the truth is, is that because we don't, the competition scene for us is very much a hobby industry. You know, competitions are, if you've got the money and you want to perform, yeah, then go and compete. But it means that the best of the best don't always compete because they have no reason to. There is no reason. Like, this is the problem. Like, the best of the best don't compete anymore because they know they don't have to. And um, so interesting. It's a bit sad, to be honest, because... uh, Yeah, it is Obviously, like, we're coming from two different sides of the spectrum because you're at the end, well, as you say, um, you are more at the end of your competition spectrum where I'm, I'm only at the beginning. I've only competed three times and they were only, yeah, only, th- only an amateur. I don't think, like, don't get me wrong. I still think it's great to do and it is a great mm-hmm. experience. And I, I would say that if I was to go back, would I do it again? Oh, 100%, I would. Mm-hmm. I learned so much from the experience. I would just say that the, you know, so, so many people will message me and be like, oh, you know, I really want to do what you do. I'd love to be teaching workshops and stuff. And um, the truth is, it's actually, A, it's not all it's cracked up to be, which we could talk about again later. But, um, mm-hmm. but also, you don't need competitions to be doing stuff like that. But when I started we did like no one was booked without winning a competition back then it was like we were booking una cavella we were booking you know felix kane we were booking you know alicia austin because these people were all on stages and winning competitions and we were like whoa these are amazing pole dancers they won this championship and back then there was only probably about a handful of competitions around the world Mm. now i could name probably 20 competitions just in this country yeah you know so it's just diluted the industry Ah. a little bit and I just think that um because there's you know so many competitions now um yeah it just makes it harder for people to make a career from it so what I would always say whenever people say to me do you think I should compete I'm like do you want to compete just for you is it for your experience and just to have fun if so yes and then if you don't enjoy it never do it again because Mm. if you don't enjoy it there's no other reason to do it. Do you know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where I think you just got to know the difference because the only reason back then that we used to do them was because of the fact that, you know, all the workshops that I got booked years and years ago were, were purely because they'd seen me at competitions because they were the only competitions that we had. So like yeah. people always went to Miss Pole Dance UK, for example, because it was one of the very few comps we had then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's how I kind of got all my work at the time. Whereas now... We've had this complete switch where now, like, I mean, I, to be honest, I only knew that you'd competed because I booked you. And then when I was looking at like your staff, I was like, oh, I was like, I didn't realize you'd competed before. Do you know Mm. what I mean? So 
I didn't book you because you competed and won something. I booked you because I know you from Instagram. I know you're good. And I was like, so I want my students to learn from someone who's good. So I book people based off of, you know, how, how talented they are and stuff. Mm. And, you know, yes, yeah, so it's just, just changed. Whereas we never would have done that 10 years ago. We yeah. never would have just booked someone who was good at pole. We would have booked the people who were winning competitions. They were that good, you know? It's so, so interesting. It's just different, isn't it? It's really totally cool different. just to understand, especially from someone like yourself, like you are a veteran um, at the moment, like when it comes to the full world. <laughs> oh, veteran of pole. Oh, God. Is that, is, that the, is that the wrong word to use? But like, no, do you know what? No, it totally is. And or would you actually, say OG? You're an OG. Well, an OG, yeah. Someone actually, and it, I don't even consider myself an OG. The people I consider OGs are people like Deb Riley and Donna Gann and Stacey. Like, they're OGs. They've been mm. around for years. Like, mm. they were, like, poles were wooden when they when they started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Kill me if they hear this. But, um, <laughs> it's, you know, they were doing it way before me. And I don't consider yeah. myself to be an OG at all. But nowadays, people do consider me to be because I've done it for so many years. But actually, mm. in the grand scheme of things, I've actually not done it very long at all compared to some. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, someone tagged me the other day. I was like, oh, tell me your best old school polers. And a few people <laughs> tagged me. I was like, fuck <laughs> you little children I was like I'm not that old but you know what I'm I mean? crying I was like, wow I was like I guess I actually am maybe I, you know when you just you have that change where you like you have to start scrolling down to find the year of your age and stuff like, oh wow I'm at that stage now aren't I hey remember age is just a number okay so let's just let's just remember that before we get sad about anything you're still fit yeah. as a fiddle look at the things totally. that you're that you're doing like let's be real your body does not speak your age definitely not yeah so. and you know what I always say to people as well like especially with pole dancers it doesn't matter what age you are and it doesn't even matter how good you are the fact that actually you can even get yourself upside down on a, on a piece of metal that's pretty fucking impressive like I don't know many people like that could just walk in off the street and bash out, you know, a shoulder mount, an invert, a leg hang. It's actually quite crazy, really, what we do. And we don't appreciate it enough. Mm. And that's, I think, again, I think, you know, totally separate subject. But I think social media has a lot to do with that because we just compare ourselves to people on the Internet now. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that. And speaking of which, um, I did have a question that somebody asked. How do you stop comparing yourself to other people on Instagram what 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 do you do so that you can stay strong uh, when it comes to your mindset and your motivation and your self-esteem the truth is I don't think you ever do I think you'll always compare yourself especially for me because it is my job so I'm always just like oh like, God, like all the other people are doing what I do. Like, do you know what? The one thing that I do a lot, and it's something I am working on, I'm so much better now, um, is trying not to compare my body, funny enough, rather than the tricks, because I know I can do tricks, comparing the way that I look to other people who do what I do. When mm -hmm. I look at people like Dmitry Politov, who, you know, is doing very similar to what I do, teaching workshops, traveling the world and stuff, I look at him and I just think, that's kind of what you expect, or what I would maybe expect a, a pole athlete to look like. Whereas I don't look like the average pole athlete because I have a very average shaped body. I gain weight super easily. And you know what though? It has its advantages and it has its disadvantages. It, had it, it has its advantages in the fact that I find a lot more students then become more comfortable around me because they know that I'm not this ripped like I can do everything and I'm very real I'm very real about the fact that I have to condition too so when it comes to strength and conditioning I've got to do it too because I'm always learning too you know I may be at the top of my game maybe but I can always be more I can always mm. try and train more and you know I think people relate more to the fact that I don't have a perfect body who does like really like yeah so there's no such thing and this is the thing, I, I think, so sometimes that helps me in the sense that I think some, some people feel maybe a bit more comfortable being taught by someone who is considered like maybe human, do you know what I mean? I am I like a normal person. But in the negative sense, I would say that it does make me compare myself because I'm always just like, oh, 
you know I should be like really ripped and stuff but I'm not and you know what over the years I've just tried my hardest to do exactly what you just said to not compare myself it's so hard mm-hmm. but this comes back to kind of what we were saying earlier of you know if you're following people that you look at them and it makes you feel bad about yourself then it's probably time to unfollow that person gotcha. or at least mute them it's, if it's a friend if it's a friend and you're like, do you know what? I love them, but their content makes me feel shit about myself. Put them on mute. They'll never mm-hmm. know. They won't even know you've muted them, but you mm-hmm. won't see their stuff. And then mm-hmm. when you're having a good day and you're in a good fr- me- like frame of mind to be able to see their content, then you can go on. Then you can give them some love. But, you know, we've got to... Mental health is so important. I think, you know, there are some days where we don't have good days. Yes. Seeing content that doesn't make us feel good can sometimes make us just feel even worse. So use the mute button use the unfollow button I would always encourage people to unfollow me if if my content didn't fill them with life and confidence and make them want to try what I'm doing and you know I just think that's super important like for just everything for mental health and just like your well-being really absolutely and one of my favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy because it's so true it's so true so true but, but yes, I do agree that it is good to curate your feed. Absolutely. And that's a really, really good point. So I want to yeah. actually uh, switch gears because I want to talk about your second Instagram poll lols. So for oh, anyone, <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know what it is, can you just let the audience know what is poll lols? So poll lols is a poll meme page um, where it shares memes funny poll content funny tiktok content and um and poll fails uh that's probably one of the main reasons that lots of people are there um is for the fails the fails are good um so yeah that's what that page is love it and it has over 120k followers it's like 140, but who's counting? Who's, hey. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's counting? Not me. I would never. <laughs> hey, it's your page. You ought to know. But that's that's amazing. Like 140K, that is massive. So why do you think that poll lols became such a worldwide phenomenon? So I, I literally, when I set it up, it hit 10K quite quickly anyway. And that was, I think, purely because I was already doing the content but I was putting on my page and I got to a point where I said, I even said to my husband, I was like, oh, I feel like it's making my feed look a bit messy because obviously <laughs> it's like a bit of pole, maybe a meme, then a, then a Susan video, then a pole trick. And it was so all over the place. And I said to Mitch, I was like, I need really a hub for all of my funny stuff. Um, so I made pole holes and then that kind of like went really, really big. And then, um, and then I started selling merchandise and stuff because, um, funnily enough, the merchandise actually I only started because I wanted to make some extra money for my wedding. We were mm. getting married and I just said, like, we need to make a little bit of money here to help pay for this. So I released some, like, Susan merch. So just cute little tops that just said, like, oh, I'm with Susan and stuff. Like, um, and just, like, funny, like, merchandise tops. So I look back at those tops now and I'm like, oh, my God, they were so bad. They look so <laughs> fucking terrible. But, yeah, so I sold those at the time and it, and it did. It really helped. It just helped us out a little bit of money. But um, And then I was like, oh, I'll try releasing another top and then another top. And then I was like, um, now let's do this. And then let's make a whole separate website for the merchandise. And, it just kicked off and um, it did so well that, yeah, now we we get orders coming every day and um, it's good. It's now become like another side hustle, I guess. That's amazing, though. Like you're, you have so many different streams of income. That's that's the way to be, though. Like you're so multifaceted. I love that. I mean, when you talk about queens of hustle, like I when it comes to hustling, I know what I'm doing. And you know what? It comes from this. um you know, just being really real, it actually comes from a bit of a fear. And it, this is really odd. I know it sounds really weird and sad in a way. <laughs> I have this ultimate fear of not being able to afford to pay my bills, which is stupid because I will always be able to do that. And I always have. By with self-employed life, you don't know what's around the corner. So I don't know how much I'm going to earn next month because I'm self-employed. I don't have a wage. So, and any other self-employed person listening to this will understand exactly what that feels like, right, exactly. So you know as well. And it's just that whole thing of, okay, I need to work my fucking ass off because I 
what if my all of my students might leave my online platform tomorrow um and you know i might not have any students at the studio and then i was like as well like polos i actually started originally for my wedding fund and then i said to my husband i was like well we should really kind of carry this on because it's popular but also I've got this very negative, such a pessimist. I'm the worst pessimist you've ever met. I was said to Mitch, I was like, what would I do if I got, you know, hit by a bus and I broke my leg and I couldn't teach pole anymore? I was like, but I could sell T-shirts. I could still make T-shirts, you know? So I have this thing of like, what if I'm injured and I have to cancel all my workshops? And I'm like, okay, so I've got clothing I can sell now. I've got polos. And you know what? It's worked in some ways, because even though it's the worst, I wouldn't recommend anyone to have that mindset. Don't. It's, it's the worst. It drives me fucking insane. I swear to God, I hate it. But I would say probably a lot of my success has come from the fact that I am scared of not having an income. And it's that, you know, fear of the unknown, isn't it? You, you know, you've got, I know I've got my mortgage coming out, whether I make money or not, I've got bills that are going to come out. So I better make sure I pay them. So it just comes from that, really. And this is why I save all of my money, because who knows? I might get hit by a bus tomorrow and I don't know. And I'll need money to pay my mortgage off. Oh, I'm terrible. Really but, bad. Hey. So anyone listening, don't do that. It's really bad for your mental health. But that just being real honest, that is 100% what happens with me. And this is why I think lots of my business ventures do well. is because I put everything into it. I don't oh. do anything half-assed, like... I try to make sure I go fully out. <laughs> I go all out. That That's honestly, it is a bit morbid. Absolutely. But hey, you're right though. Life is unpredictable. <laughs> like legit, it is though. And like, especially you and I and all professional pole dancers out there, our income is solely coming, well, maybe not solely, but a huge part of our income comes from our body's abilities. So maybe it's not getting hit by a car, but we can easily one day somehow fall off a pole. It happened to right. me. I, I swear, I my biggest pole fail, I actually, I did um, tag pole alls and it, it was like over a year ago though, but I um, was flipping off a pole quite, quite high. It was um, just for like, it was like the brass monkey flip and somehow my my heel, yes, I was flipping in, he- in heels, it got caught on the pole. So when I went to go oh. and flip, the heel just hit the pole. And then that, of course, completely just Cut stopped the, it, well, it stopped the, the, the motion of me flipping. Uh-huh. So instead of going, continuing in that circular motion where I would land on my feet, it stopped that motion. And I actually landed, uh, I was falling down face first. And then thank God, I just put my, um, my arm out, boom. And then after that saved my face, but I legit, and this was at the very top oh. of the pole. Cause I was so confident in this flip. I, I had done it so many times. So I was like, I, I was just confident in it. Um, but yeah, yeah, so like that was the most, that was the craziest fail that I ever had. I even got it on video and I was like, oh my God. Like it was just, it was so shocking to me because I was <laughs> like, if my arm didn't come out there, I would have been out of commission. So you're, right. you are you are smart for wanting different um, or backup forms of income or maybe not even backup, but maybe call it a side hustle. It's a smart thing to do. Mm. Absolutely. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. A hundred percent. And do you know what? I envy people who, like you, who have who've done, educated themselves and, you know, or been to university or been to college or whatever, and they've got a backup plan. Like they've got another career they could pursue. Like you could go back into journalism or, you know, I, I always use this as an example. One, a girl that I know called Amy, she's a scientist, right? And mm. she worked in science for a long time, but she wanted a little career break. So she's teaching pole at the moment, but she, at any point, let's say for example, God forbid she injured herself and she could never pole again. She'd go and be a scientist tomorrow. And I think, um, I wish that's one thing that I had done. I just think, um, yeah, when you're self-employed, I, I think realistically, I'm not built for self-employment because it's so, I get so worried about like, oh, you know, I look at people like Dmitry Politov and I always say to him, I'm like, I'm like, dude, calm down. Like you are going to freaking injure yourself so bad one of these days. Like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll just, he just pulls with one arm instead because he's broke his collarbone. And I, I wish I had a bit more, okay, not as as crazy and like carefree as him, but I wish I had a bit more carefreeness because he's just safe in the knowledge that, you know, of course it could happen and I'll deal with it then maybe, you know what I mean? But I'm very much like, no, I, I don't want to deal with that because that could be a worst case scenario for me. I could lose my house and 
all this stuff like but you know what when covid first happened again it just goes to show like how much of a fear i had like when covid first happened and i'm not embarrassed to say i was scared i, I was fucking scared like i was so scared not only that i was gonna get the virus and die but um because we didn't know anything about it then but i was just super scared for the industry because i had to shut my studio down all of my workshops were canceling 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 I literally turned to my husband and I was just crying. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, this is my whole career that's just been blown out of the water. But like with anything, you adapt. And now I'm teaching online and now my studio's back open again. And now I'm living my best life. Um, so I think you'll always adapt. But um, it was a scary time. And this is little things like who, who thought that a pandemic was going to come and, you know, do that to us? And it did, and actually it closed a lot of studios down. And so many of those studios didn't reopen because they had nothing to back them up. And it's sad, so but sad. this is why I, I always try to make sure I've got backups. <laughs> backups after backups. I'm just like, I want to back myself up as much as I can, you know, just in case. Mm. And you, you, you wrote in one of your captions that you wish you started the Pole Destroyers earlier than you did. Do you remember writing that? Or is that true? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it is, because I didn't, realize what a need there was for you know like online conditioning like cheap kind of conditioning classes and i say cheap i mean like affordable like they're not they're not cheap obviously they're like way cheaper than what you'd pay for like a normal i mean what what would you pay for a pole class nowadays maybe 10 to 15 pounds for a pole mm -hmm. class exactly um and like the online conditioning classes you pay for it monthly but it works out to like two pound 50 or three pound a class it's super cheap but um, because we've got enough of us doing it and because my costs are minimal because I'm online, it works out worthwhile. But I think, um, I guess like when we're in classes, we forget that actually we don't have much time. By the time you've done a warm up, you've done some spins to warm your shoulders up. Maybe you'll do like some tricks and a bit of conditioning. That means you've got to do four separate things. 10 minute warm up, that minimum really nowadays, 10 minutes is just minimal. 10 minutes gone then another 10 minutes or so doing some spins right um doing some style oh, because that's how i normally do it is like warm up static spins and then we'll do like um conditioning and tricks so then i get like 10 minutes if i'm lucky to do conditioning um and then we'll do 30 minutes tricks and it's like you don't realize where the time goes well 25 minutes tricks because we'll obviously have a cool down as well and I just think like, God, so I always end up doing about five minutes conditioning. Well, I'll tell you, five minute conditioning, it's almost, it will help, of course. Any conditioning you do helps, but it just, we don't get the time to dedicate to it. And lots of people started with me in January and it benefited me so much. And it actually, we did like before and after videos because I was just intrigued to see if anyone else was benefited by it. And the videos were just proof to me that I, I had something there. There was something there with it. And I just knew there was a business opportunity for it, if I'm honest. Um, and I was like, I need to keep this going. It makes no sense not to. So I did. And um, and now the pole destroys this thing. So yeah, it's um it's been amazing. I'm I'm I just wish I'd started it sooner, but it's that whole thing of as well. If I'd started it before the pandemic, it would never have done as well. No way. Exactly. Like, no way. Exactly. Things it was serendipitous. Amen. Exactly. Amen. And I wanted to just um, delve quickly into the pole industry. Uh, so mm -hmm. what is it like being a male working in a female dominated industry? Um, it's difficult in some ways because it's very hard. Uh, there's been lots of times where, you know, you teach a move and um, it's very hard to relate what you're all going through. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Uh, fongies is the best example girls will be like oh my god like that really hurts my boob I'm like oh that's it I don't have one of those and I'm just like I wouldn't I can't relate like I can't even can't even tell you how to avoid it because I don't have one to avoid so it's one of those things where I'm like okay so in some ways it can be a bit of a hindrance but over the years I've picked up little tips and um you know it's like um you know <laughs> when people started first talking to me about their periods I didn't really know what to do I was like <laughs> people would come into class and be like Dan listen I'm so sorry I'm really sweaty I'm on my period I just be like 
okay <laughs> I was like oh and now I feel like I could talk about oh I can I can tell you about the benefits of moon cups now honey I, I know all about moon cups now <laughs> do you know what I mean like how many oh how God. many gay men uh, uh, do you know that know what a fucking moon cup is like but I do and I know that they are so much more environmentally friendly, blah, blah. You know, all these little things that, that I would never have learned. I know so much about childbirth now. I know so much about pre-postnatal pole dancing. And, you know, just I've picked up throughout the industry and through the years. Back when I first started teaching, if someone told me they were pregnant, they were not allowed to come back again. Uh, because I was, I didn't know enough. I was too scared. I didn't see many other people teaching pregnant people. So I was like, oh, I better not, just in case. And now it's so much more normal to see pregnant people pole dancing. Don't me wrong, I have my limits. I'm like, listen, I'm not gonna let you do fungies. I'm not gonna let you do drops and flips, but we can do some nice leg hang shapes. We can do some nice sit shapes. Let's keep you, keep you moving. Yes, But yes. you're not gonna do what you used to be able to do. Whereas before, I just didn't know enough. So I would say that in, going back to the question, I guess little things like that as a guy, it's very hard because I just didn't have any knowledge of that. So it was just trying to learn more about sort of like the female anatomy and, you know, how women, you know, deal with certain things differently to men. But then you could also say that lots of women and they do always message me to say, Hey, I've got a guy who's coming. He's not great with Superman and stuff. He's saying that it's squashing a bit. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Get him to buy a ballet belt. For example, it's what I always say. Like get him to buy a ballet belt. It will just tuck everything nicely away and he'll be able to pull fine. Like he'll be cool. It's little things like that, that I guess women maybe don't know about men, but I just found that I had to learn a lot. Um, and it took lots of time. And I feel like now I still learn. And now my newest thing is trying to learn about gender and pronouns and that's just my like new thing of trying to be really hot on my pronouns and stuff like I you know I describe myself as a guy but I would never say hey guys in my classes anymore I actually mm. don't say it anymore I do sometimes by accident because it, it was a word that I used all the time I just think life is for, you're forever learning aren't you forever oh, changing 100%. and um so I had to learn all about women. Now I have to learn about, you know, pronouns and stuff and making sure that people feel included. Um, yeah, and I just think it's an adaptation, isn't it? Like I had to adapt to learning how to teach women. And now I'm having to learn to adapt to how to make people feel included and understanding different genders and stuff. And, you know, obviously I can't relate to it because I'm not non-binary or whatever, but you know, it's good to learn. And it's the same thing that I did with learning how women work. Now it's learning how, you know, how to make people feel included in classes and using correct pronouns. And, you know, cause I, my thing is that I just want everyone to be happy. So that was the thing I wanted to learn as much as I could about women's bodies. And, you know, I'd listen to all these conversations that the girls are having in classes, because really if a girl comes in and, you know, they have got, let's say they've got a tampon string hanging out. Well, I want to be able to say something to them that is going to make them feel comfortable enough to not feel embarrassed. So mm. these were little things that I had to learn how to deal with, you know, and mm. over the years I have, um, mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it's interesting. That's actually a really interesting question. That's but yeah, beautiful, there's lots. Though. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, and it was going to lead me to my next question was, um, is there anything that, that the pool industry can do to be more inclusive towards males? Um, or are we do doing a good job? I, I think we're doing a good job. Do you know what? Uh, lots of people always say to me, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm funny about it and I'll tell you why, not because I don't want any guys coming in, it's nothing to do with that. I, I mean, I'm funny about guys who come into the industry and are like, oh, you know, I, I just want to learn to shoulder mount. I want to just do handsprings. The reason I'm funny about that is because Paul Mama Stacy, she, she didn't fucking let me do that. She was <laughs> like, listen, she was like, you can join my classes. She was like, because um, she, she knew I was gay. And back then, most studios were women only. Um, oh. And now, obviously, things are so much more different now. But um, so she was like, no, she was like, you can come to my class. And she was like, I've checked with the girls and they were all happy for me to be there. She was like, but you're going to do exactly what they do. I'm not going to give you any special treatment. And I loved that. Because to be honest, I wanted to learn what they were learning anyway. Like, so I didn't want special treatment. And actually, I always encourage teachers to do the same. It's okay to maybe teach a guy a shoulder mount a bit earlier than someone else, but make sure he knows how to do a, a chair spin. Make sure he knows how to do a sit. 
a climb because it's just as important for him to know it as what it is for a girl to know it or a non-binary mm. person of course yeah um, of course. do you know what I mean like it's um I don't feel that we, we are very inclusive with men now I think we still have some way to go there are still events that I don't agree with um because they are like exclusively no men allowed. And I don't necessarily agree with it. I think, um, you know, it's great that they happen because I obviously appreciate that it's good for women to have their own safe space as well. Um, I would just say that I find it, I find it hard nowadays to understand as much because nowadays we're trying to move away from this women and men. So to have women only spaces it eliminates not only men but it also eliminates people who don't identify as women and it's just um yeah that's why I guess maybe nowadays I find it even hard to understand but to be honest I don't really see many events like that anymore most events now are pretty cool about it and they're like listen the thing is is that you know a lot of them used to be very much because uh, so like for example back when I first started it it was women only because they didn't want pervs coming to the classes being real we'll be right here they didn't want perverts coming to the class to try and watch the hot girls pole dancing right so that was really what it was it was to protect the women who are in the classes and I do exactly the same but in a different way, they can come to a class and they book a class, but if I get any odd vibes, they're gonna be asked to leave. So, Mm. and it would take a really odd man, I think, to pay money to go to a camp or an event or a class to be in a group full of women they don't know just because they wanna get their rocks off. I don't think there's anyone with fetishes for that. I really don't. And I've never experienced it, ever. Thank God. <laughs> and I just wanted to finish off because I know that you have to hop out soon and I've loved chatting with you. Absolutely. But I wanted to just finish off with uh, advice that you would give to anyone that really wants to become a professional pole dancer. It's their dream. What advice would you have for that person if they just don't know where to start and they're struggling with self-esteem? Yeah, I mean, um, I get asked this a lot. And my main advice, if you want to become a professional pole dancer, is don't bother. It's too much work. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) No, do you know what? If you want to become a professional pole dancer, you have to become a professional marketer. Like, you have Mm. to... You have to know how to sell what you are good at. And the fact of the matter is, is that nowadays, everyone's good at pole. (laughs) You have to have something that's different. Um, so find what it is, find what you do differently to everybody else and sell it. <laughs> that's, that's my tip. And I guess, do you know what, that's, um, a weird answer maybe, cause I guess that's such a businessy answer to give you, but to be a professional and to be teaching and earning money, you're selling a product, you're selling yourself. You are the product. So how would you market any other product? If you were going to, you know, market a product, you'd be like, right, What's going to make this shampoo different to, to every other shampoo that's on the shelf? And that's what you've got to do yourself. Like, think about what makes you different. What makes me different, for example? Um, you know, A, the first thing that ever made me different was the fact that I was one of very few men that pole danced at the time. So that was one really big help. The second is that I'm absolutely a complete fool and people, for some reason, find me funny and they follow me because I have humor that I use within my teaching methods and within my day-to-day life. Like, my, my thing is that I want you to be good at pole, but I want you to have fun I don't want you to be like oh do 100 press-ups or do 10 crunches oh, and do like 100 climb overs it's about having fun and that's always been one of my selling points is that when people come to my classes they might not have got anything they might not have got one trick but they would have 100% laughed because I would have made sure they did because that's what I want I want to have a good time so that's my selling point yeah I guess you know that's my unique my USP so find what makes makes your USP do you know I mean what makes you different to any other professional pole dancer who's out there what's going to make you stick out do you know what I mean like Una Cavella I'm just trying to think of some random big big names Una Cavella what do you think of when you think of Una Cavella you think of all of her strength tricks Mm -hmm. all of her power tricks and you think of how much of a badass performer she is when it comes to doing her routines um, what makes Marlo a big name? Yeah. Well, she created probably over 10 tricks. So mm. everyone followed her because of the tricks, but also she is 
amazing on the pole, like queen of flow, we could probably say, static rotations. When I think of static rotations, I think of her and I think of Yvonne Smink. Yeah. I don't think of anyone else. Do you know what I mean? Also like, a fountain of knowledge. Yeah. When I think of yeah. Yvonne Smink, I think of her style. There's no one that dances like Yvonne Smink. Mm. And it's yeah. just, what is, what is your USP? Like, and if, you know, if you don't have one, start to develop one. And, and the only thing is, is that I think lots of people who want to become professional pole dancers, they want to be a professional pole dancer today. They don't want to wait till yeah, next year, five years time. Take that time to learn about yourself, learn what you like. You know, do you like heels? Do you like tricks? It's okay to have both, but you'll always be better at one. Me and Jazzy Kay have talked about this before. You know, Jazzy Kay is known for heels. She likes tricks too. She's mm -hmm. fucking good at tricks, but it's not her thing. It's, she's not known for tricks. People don't go to Jazzy Kay for tricks. They go to her for heels, but she can do some tricks too. She likes to be balanced. I'm the same. No one comes to me for heels. It's just an added bonus that I have because I do enjoy it. Um, but really people come to me because they want to learn tricks or they want to get strong. They want to do conditioning. So it's just having your niche and go with it and, oh. and sell yourself. Like really, that is it. Like, Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Dan. Um, <laughs> that was just like, honestly, so inspirational and you're so informative. You could just, um, let the audience know where can we find you? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at Dan Rosenpohl or come over to my uh, meme page at Polos. Um, Yeah, and literally hit the link in my bio. Come and check out the Pole Destroyers. Come and train with me online. Or if you're in Hemel Hempstead, randomly, if you're in the UK in Hemel Hempstead, come into my studio and train with me. But yeah, check me out on Instagram. All my stuff is on there. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you all there amazing it's been an absolute pleasure and enjoy your classes this evening no worries thank you for having me no we worries can't wait to have you back on the pole destroyers kiana can't is wait. going to be on the pole destroyers so if you want a class with her this is how you can take one <laughs> <laughs> get you that promo that, in that, i know get that promo in babe <laughs> <laughs> well, thank All you right. so much for having me Mwah. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Queens of Hustle podcast. As this is a passion project that I'm doing all by myself in my free time, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app or on Spotify. Feel free to share this episode on your social media or send it to someone you know who'd benefit from listening to this. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are listening and I'll see you next time.